Welcome back to the Mentally Chill Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Schleipak. And to reintroduce you guys, the Mentally Chill Podcast is at the intersection of the mentally ill and the mentally chill. Really happy that you guys are joining us again. And we have a very special guest today, my loser friend, Petey Danini. <laughs> I literally, like I said, <laughs> just met you. I don't know who you are. Oh my God. You're in my house right now. How do you feel? I Well, you paid me, so... Yeah. Uh, I kind of want you to leave. Actually, uh, can we end this? <laughs> can we cut this early? <laughs> I'm not feeling no, it. No, I'll never forget when I met you. Oh, that's actually the first question, how we know each other. So, boom. <laughs> yeah, it was five minutes ago. No, yes. I'm just kidding. I, right, yeah. I actually remember, I still remember, I was sitting on the bus getting a message from you on LinkedIn asking if you could learn more about the role, and mm-hmm. you were willing to call me right then and there, aka yeah. like cold call, call me, and I was like, She's, she definitely has what it takes if she's willing to do that, and the rest is history. History, yeah. I remember, like, when I was asking you about the role at Link Squares, and, like, you sent me, like, five audio messages on LinkedIn, and I was oh, like... Yeah, that's right. I was like, first of all, I didn't even know you could do that on LinkedIn, and second of all, I was like, all right, clearly something's going on here. I have to, have to check this out, you know? Yeah, I was just really excited for you and that opportunity, because I could tell you wanted it for the same reasons I did. Yeah, just so. more growth and... To be challenged um yeah that's how we know each other it's a pretty good story um but yeah seriously really happy excited to have you on the podcast today um and yeah so uh, i think a good place to start would be from like our conversations talk about the highs and lows of your weight loss journey because i know that's something you've kind of been public about on social media and it's mm-hmm. something that you know you've been sharing about a lot when did you weigh the most and mm-hmm. and where was your head at during that time yeah so i mean technically I weigh the most I've ever weighed right now, which is okay. probably an in- interesting way to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not necessarily... But, but like the, the what I'm going through right now is actually similar to what I went through at the beginning of my quote-unquote weight loss journey back actually in high school. High school. Um, yep. I, I mean, I grew up being the, the overweight kid. I was, you know, always that person who was overweight, you know, mm-hmm. the chubby kid, but like I always played sports all year round. Yeah. So... But like I just had the worst eating habits, so then I would mm-hmm. like slowly gain weight over time. You know, a lot of, a lot of different eating disorders and stuff like that growing up. But like, yeah. still was a very active kid. And yeah. then that's interesting. I feel like you hear about eating disorders a lot more with women than men, or maybe it's just not talked about as much. Yeah, probably just not talked about. I mean, like I used to sneak food as a kid. Like oh, I used to shit. eat junk food all the time, but like mm-hmm. obviously got reprimanded for it. And I was also yeah. one of those like picky eaters where. You know, growing up, I would only eat, like, chicken nuggets and, like, mm. pudding. Like, yeah, not... Yeah. There was no... Like, I just would throw a fit if yeah. I needed to eat vegetables, so... I still do that. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I... You know, I was always the overweight kid, and then in high school, I ended up getting hurt in sports, which, you know, again, bad eating habits, but I was active, so it wasn't, yeah. like, a super fast weight gain until then. So then in high school, gained a bunch of weight after I got hurt, had knee surgery, ended up weighing 320 pounds as a mm-hmm. sophomore in high school. You know, basically went to my pediatrician at the time and she suggested I get gastric bypass surgery. Had no idea what that was. I was like, dad, what's yeah. gastric bypass? And he told me what it was and I was like, uh, hell no. Um, so Hard pass. Yeah. I mean, just for like a 16 year old kid to go through that. Yeah. Um, what, what is it? Gastric bypass. It's when they tie your stomach so you can't like eat as much, which oh, then yeah. 
you ultimately like by result don't or you lose the weight but then again like some people gain it all back or like the surgery fails or whatever it is like it's just not something that like i believe the 16 year old should be going through yeah so um that was kind of the beginning of it i you know after that that was kind of like that pivotal moment where i was like all right this is my wake-up call i need to do something about this like after they suggested that yeah okay and so my dad like found this company who did all these weight loss shakes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. followed that and i started to lose some weight but i didn't realize at the time again like hindsight's 2020 i wasn't eating enough Mm -hmm. so like wasn't eating enough playing sports all year round i lost a bunch of weight really quick but then ended up when i started to eat a little bit more normally like started to slowly gain that weight back Mm -hmm. and then i don't know why i'm out of breath but <laughs> no, but what ended up I'm happening? Just a lot of carbs. I know. <laughs> Speaking of eating, no, but so then, um, I think what when I really like, I was pretty public about it in high school. Mm-hmm. Like you know, everyone at school would talk about it. I was even in like the newspaper about it. I flew starting out. to lose weight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think when I started to get really public about it and like posting my own stuff mm-hmm. was after college. Yeah. So went from 320 pounds, lost over 130 pounds. I was down to like 180, 185, something like that. Holy crap. And then slowly over time over the next couple of years, gained it all back and some. In college? Yeah. And then because funny enough, I got hurt again, um, had knee surgery. And mm-hmm. would the injuries like spark the downhill usually? Yeah. Like I lose the ability to yeah. work out mm-hmm. and you know maybe it does maybe it is like the start of yeah yeah that mm-hmm. turning point if you will but yeah i was 340 pounds and i was like all right like when so actually funny enough it's when i graduated mm-hmm. it's going through a breakup didn't yeah. necessarily love my living situation you know job was just a job yeah um went to see a brand new doctor here in boston mm-hmm. same thing was like hey you should get gastric bypass and i was like oh here we go again yeah so those are the words yep same feeling heart dropped and i'm like yeah all right, i gotta do something about this mm-hmm. posted on social media i'm like hey i'm gonna turn my life around like and i'm gonna post my journey and so like after college is when i got really pu- <clears throat> excuse me got really public about it on mm-hmm. social media mm-hmm. um and i've had my ups and downs since you know i slowly started to lose the weight um got into coaching and so that yep. kind of like kicked off I, I guess, yeah, after college is when, like, I got really serious about the the fitness stuff and sharing my journey yeah, yeah, on yeah. social media. So walk us through, yeah, that journey a little bit more. What were some of, like, the wins that come to mind as well as some of the losses other than the obvious weight gain and weight loss moments? Wins and losses. So it's a great question. You might not know it in the moment, but I'm a big believer that life happens for you, not to you. Mm-hmm. So... Me starting to lose that weight again ultimately led me to go, like, follow my passion for fitness and, like, mm-hmm. I became a coach. Mm-hmm. And you uh, ran the Boston Marathon. You just forgot that. Oh, yeah, thing. I did. I, hey, I don't know. Sometimes I forget about... It's just so humble. You just forgot the Boston <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did. Well, so I did 75 hard twice, which for people that might not know, 75 hard is that challenge where you follow a diet, like, stick to a plan, two 45-minute workouts a day. One has to be outside. Read 10 pages of a book, progress picture, gallon of water. I don't know. Well, a big part of it was no drinking alcohol. Yeah. Um, which obviously helps with the weight loss, but... You recommend 75 hard? 
Like, what is it good yes. for? Is it just good for like a random thing? Is it it's really supposed to be one of those things that like really helps you change and work on your habits. But yeah. it is like, it's one of those things that's kind of like a double-edged sword. Yeah. Where you have to be fully committed to doing it. You can't just like, 75 hard isn't one of those things that you just try, right? You got to full send it. Yeah. And think about any time that you make a promise to yourself. Mm-hmm. You say, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to start this job, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. And then you don't follow through with it. Yeah. I think it takes a big hit to your mental health. Yeah. And you start to like lose confidence in yourself. Yeah. So it's one of those things where if you don't do it, then you end up failing. And then that, you know, ends up hurting you in the wrong, long. Yeah. does that make sense? You got to be like really committed. Yeah. Cause I, I see people, do it. I see people all the time like, yeah, I'm gonna try 75 hard. Try it. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'll just try it again. But then you're just going through that cycle of like not following through with the promises you make to yourself. So you're just like, again, losing more and more trust with yourself. With yourself, which yeah. is like the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with the weight loss journey, I guess how, and obviously this is a big question, but how do weight... <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> just have a lot of words in the <laughs> sentence. <laughs> how do weight fluctuations, specifically after a big victory, you know, those fluctuations affect your self-esteem? Uh, I feel like it definitely hurt my self-esteem to be honest like yeah you know kind of similar to what you're what we were just talking about with like losing the the trust and the self-confidence like like almost having your identity tied to your weight like being the yeah i'm sure there's other people that hopefully can relate and and maybe learn something from this but you know growing up the chubby kid Mm -hmm. that's sort of like that becomes your identity yeah you know i was never one of those kids that unfortunately like got like bullied like yeah really picked on mm-hmm. like yeah you know maybe names here and there mm-hmm. but it was always more of like a, i felt like i was left out mm. yeah so i always grew up the chubby kid and then you know finally after losing weight um started to one have more self-confidence but mm-hmm. started to get more recognition yeah so then to go from that to then to gaining. then losing it again it's like and to do that repeatedly it's yeah it's just uh really yeah it's definitely very yeah just like (laughs) playing kickball these past two weekends has very been very humbling but um was it weird for like because it seems like it was a bit on a public stage as well because you were like publicly losing weight and then you were like gaining it back so yeah i feel like it kind of ties into like imposter syndrome because Mm -hmm. like when you post it on social media you know everyone can see it right like yeah. you can't i think that's what actually like helps me sometimes is having that external accountability accountability yeah because like you know i, I don't want to look like a fraud but that's the thing is like mm-hmm. you know i lose all this weight once gain it back lose it again gain it back it's like you know in it, it really messes with my mind in the sense that i'm thinking yeah. like is this kid like are other people i'm thinking about what other people are thinking even though they might not actually be thinking this it's like, oh, is that kid a fraud? Is he a phony? Those are those are the thoughts that I have to deal with. Right. And then so you kind of briefly me- mentioned it a bit about how there's like this potentially fat kid mentality and how it kind of like sticks with you. Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I feel like and um, yeah, I feel like I've heard it from other people. Kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, kind of sucks. Can't doesn't go away. No, it's something that like, you know, when you grow up having that yeah. um, identity, it's it's hard to shake it it's hard to shake it even when you lose weight you still look in the mirror and like that i feel like that kind of goes into like eating disorders and Mm -hmm. you know insecurities and stuff like that it's like no matter how much weight i lose there's still sometimes i'm like you know can 
I don't, I don't see it. I don't believe it. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause like I've had that identity for so long. Yeah. But this is going to sound really fucked up, but like, hit me. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> like, do you think, cause you're like one of the nicest people I've ever met. Do you think that has to do with some parts of this weight loss journey? Like, just like compassionate and kind. Like I am that way because I was. I don't know. Big. Yeah. Do you think it contributes it? Because sometimes people say that people that used to be fat are like nice because of that. It's part of the reason. Yeah. I was just gonna make a joke. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so what are you trying to say? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I, I think like growing up because like I don't know there are Sorry, times. I didn't where mean I, that. No, no. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> no, there are times like growing up. Uh, it was tough. Like I would get like turned down from yeah. girls and stuff mm-hmm. like that and so it was always one of those things like he has a great personality, personality. it's like that's <laughs> that's what i had going for me it's because like a, i didn't it's have like, the it's like an insult now <laughs> i know right it's like, oh, yeah, he's so a nice. great personality <laughs> yeah no but i i think i am that way because like i am very empathetic to like mm-hmm. i know what it feels like feels like to feel badly on the inside if that makes sense mm-hmm. like so I don't want other people to feel that way. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, and, and this is another kind of big philosophical question that you probably don't have the answer to, but we're going to explore I love these it. conversations, and, though. Um, how do you, in your opinion, begin to develop a healthier relationship with the number on the scale? I think education, like mm-hmm. actually educating yourself on coaching and like me getting my personal training certification helped in a sense mm-hmm. because... You know, some of the things that I learned about weight loss and, like, how the body operates and anatomy is, like, you know, you can step on the scale. And I I used to see this. Like, when I was losing weight, I was losing weight, like, really quickly. Yep. Excuse me. Keep burping. (laughs) I was losing weight really quickly. It's the arancini. It's definitely the arancini coming back. Those meatballs. (laughs) Those meatballs. (laughs) So, I was losing weight really quickly. But something that I noticed with myself is that, like, you know, I could wake up a certain weight. And then before I go to bed, be like four or five pounds yeah. heavier. It's like it's all water weight, you yeah. know. Like it really fucks with you though. That it couple is because extra, your you body know? retains water, especially depending on what you eat. If mm-hmm. you eat more carbs, you're going to retain water. So like, yeah, I think educating myself one, yeah. understanding that that is why that mm-hmm. happens, but also like, you know, understanding that you could have a lot more muscle mm-hmm. and like the number could be higher, like the rock. You know, Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson stepped mm-hmm. on a scale. Like, he could weigh the same I do, but I definitely don't look like The Rock, even though, it's, even though I want to. Right. It's my auto. I love that man. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have that picture. I do. Yeah, iconic. Um, <laughs> yeah, like the body fat and muscle. Yeah, it's hard because it's just like, it's just a number and like it. It's just a number. It's, it, it, it doesn't define you. Yeah. It's hard to not let it, though, because I just feel like there's so many things that go into that number like as Mm -hmm. you said there's muscle there's water weight and it's like but when you see it it feels just so definitive it's like i am this number yeah as a someone that's been a trainer what do you feel like is a better i guess measurement or like if someone's trying to lose weight no i'm just kidding if they have a really good personality (laughs) no (laughs) No, like if they are trying to lose weight what's something else that they could focus on that like uh the first place uh, clothes how how are your clothes fitting you Mm -hmm. um you know, are your clothes feeling more loose? Like, actually, yeah. you know, like, the way you fit into the, your clothes is one. Um, the other is, I think, checking your body fat and your muscle mass. Yeah. Like, not the actual number. Just like get I the said, actual, like, yeah. 
How do you get that anyways? There are some like gyms or <laughs> supplement stores that have these. They're called like in-body machines. Okay. Not out-body? No. <laughs> it's <laughs> checking jokes. what's on the inside. <laughs> except your personality. <laughs> except your personality. No, there's in-body machines, which like it sends an electrical impulse through your, your body to like okay, measure yeah. fat versus muscle. Yeah. There's some that are like floating I don't even know what they're called. Like you like float in water and it'll like measure the. Oh, that's cool. I don't even I know how to describe about it. That, but yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a couple different yeah. things you can do. But I think like using the scale is a good gauge. It's it's something to like mm-hmm. use, but also like no, it's not the be all end all. Yeah. Something that like me and my sister talk about a lot too is like, and it, it sounds corny, but it's like, how do you like physically feel? You know, for mm-hmm. example, like let's say I could be in a really good gym regimen and eating well and whatever and then i could step on that scale and weigh the same and i'm Mm kind of like wow that sucks because mentally i feel better and i feel like i'm eating better and all i feel stronger but it doesn't reflect on the scale so like i try to focus more on like i feel genuinely better my body feels better but Mm -hmm. it's hard when you don't see that reflected on the scale yeah i i guess like when you are losing weight and the the numbers going down like Mm -hmm. psychologically you can like have a little bit of a, a mental boost and like be like happy or excited about it but yeah. all like it doesn't have to be to be all in all it's you just could... one of the things to measure amongst other things exactly there's a yep. lot of that's a great way to put it yeah um so so it's not irrelevant i, like I should have said that i should have said that we can, <laughs> yeah can we edit you basically that? just basically, said it i, I said did just say so you said yeah. it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it no but it's true is like <laughs> like how do you how do you feel in your clothes like are you sleeping yeah yeah are you comp like are you groggy yeah. tired do you have like, a good personality like he's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be there how, how, how would you measure that though <laughs> a good personality yeah whether or not you've been asked to interview on the show Stop it, you start <laughs> oh my God. no so i mean another thing i thought of when it comes to like the scale and like learning yep. better ways to to manage it or mm-hmm. measure it or you can't manage what you don't measure right yeah but also, I think for the longest time, I had all of these issues or mental health challenges, mm-hmm. like, you know, eating disorders, like body dysmorphia, stuff like this, like all these different things going on. But I was I wasn't aware of it. Like, you know, for example, my story from high school when I was losing weight, like I was literally losing like a pound a day, really? which is like not no, the recommended, yeah. like, you know, I was probably losing a lot of muscle. On mm-hmm. top of a lot of fat too, but like if the scale wasn't going down, then I I would be upset and get frustrated. Like it dictated my happiness, which is like not okay. I just I basically had to become aware of what's going on. Yeah, like that's how I felt, but I didn't know that that was like an issue. Yeah, you know, or you couldn't like put a label on it or identify what it was. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I'm 16 years old. I'm yeah. like, but now looking back. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. that was that an actual, like, disorder mm-hmm. uh, that is... You're not t- just making these up in your head, like... Yeah, like, I mm-hmm. other people are going through this. Like, it's not just me. Um, and the other thing about that, too, is, like, I still struggle with these things. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, like, like I was saying, be, like, being educated on these things. You know, mm-hmm. for example, if I step on the scale right now, Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't see any changes or I see it go up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it might, I might get a little, like, hit of, like, I'm frustrated. But having the awareness that there's more going on 
makes me feel better if that makes sense so yeah, i think there's more context yeah having the knowledge becoming aware mm-hmm. is like the first step to changing anything yeah totally makes sense um and also just really appreciate you like being vulnerable about this i'm sure it's like not easy to like talk about all this yeah but i also understand that like there's a younger me or another me out there that yeah is going through this and <clears throat> hopefully they can hear me talk about it and be like oh, okay i'm not alone yeah all right so when did you get into personal training let's talk about that so it was so right after college graduated thankfully <laughs> no i'm just kidding uh so <laughs> no so i got the so i got the piece of paper um no when i graduated that was around when like i was my heaviest because i wasn't playing sports was you know not eating so well drinking on the weekends like Mm-hmm. And it was my quote-unquote rock bottom, if you will. Yeah. I was working as a recruiter, and that's when I went to go see Tony Robbins. And, like, that really kind of lit a spark um, to, like, turn yeah. my life around, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, so Let's take the quotes out of there. Yeah. All right. So, ter- <laughs> yeah, we'll remove those. <laughs> we'll remove those it, yep. up. Um, but, yeah, so I, I went to go see Tony Robbins, really inspired, um, came back, and I was just like, I need to change. Mm-hmm. So I left the job that I was at, didn't have another job. I mm-hmm. was like, I I was just so mentally on fire. Yeah. I was losing weight again. I started um, working out at Orange Theory. Yep. Um, which, like, I think it fit my personality really well because mm-hmm. I love sports. Working there or working out there? Working out there. And then actually my, uh, my cousin asked me one day, he goes, hey, Pete, you like, you ever think about becoming a... Mm-hmm. personal trainer like a coach and i was like yeah uh no but like <laughs> now i don't I see why not so yeah. i just decided to take the leap i was um doing like the what do you call it certifications yeah i was getting oh. my certification on the side i got you I, <laughs> thank you i got you with them words <laughs> so well so i was i was this is wild i was living in lemonster yeah commuting and working in brookline going to How a long? It's like, depending on traffic, could be like two hours. One way? One way. So, but I was long commutes, and then I was going to personal training school two Mm -hmm. nights a week. Oh, okay, cool. Two-hour commute. Oh, God. Then, like, would leave work, Uh go to school for, like, two, three hours. Yeah, Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. a grind, but definitely well worth it. Because once I got my certification, I ended up getting a job at in orange theory in my hometown mm-hmm. it was like almost like the stars line they had just opened wow. in orange theory in my hometown and i'm like yeah. wait a minute this is a perfect opportunity mm-hmm. to one go home and you know maybe not have to worry about this paying rent doing <laughs> yeah, some shit. no legit like yeah don't get me into that I, hey <laughs> <laughs> i'll i'll go down a rabbit okay. hole if you want to go down a rabbit hole so like orange theory opened up i'm like this is a perfect opportunity i'm gonna move home i'm just gonna take the leap of faith and get into coaching mm-hmm. best decision i yeah ever made like so you, so you loved it yeah mm-hmm. started coaching at the place where like you yeah. know the journey began so it was a good feeling yeah and How'd... i met a lot of great people mm-hmm. like yeah i still do it sometimes like yeah, yeah, part-time but yeah what, what did you enjoy the most about it hmm i think and this kind of ties into you know work and career sales but like good segue yeah great segue um <laughs> I feel like if I'm not growing, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. But, like, in order to grow, I need a challenge. Yeah. Right? But, like, part of that, I think what drives me is winning. Like, there were some times, like, even in sales, like, yeah. you know, I thought I was doing it for the money, but I was really doing it because I just, I'm competitive. I like yeah. winning. 
You are very competitive. Very. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaky. Well, maybe it goes deep. Maybe it goes back to the little kid oh, who yeah. like felt like he was left out, so he's always competing for attention Proving kind of thing. himself. Yeah. I feel oh. like that... It's true. Chip on like, your shoulder? Trust me, I've had to do a lot of soul surgery. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, look, this is fact. <laughs> yeah, like, they, we can get deep if you want. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I feel like I like winning, but I also love being the reason why people win. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was just like... That's this, like a different... Yeah, that's a good feeling There was like this sure. ultimate feeling of fulfillment when someone would achieve, like, a something... Like, do something physically that they mm-hmm. never thought they could do or lose the weight or yeah. like whatever it may be and then to hear the words like if it weren't for you i wouldn't have yeah. changed my life like mm-hmm. that i have goosebumps just Ooh, yeah just thinking about that like yeah there are still pe- people to this mm-hmm. day that are like even though i'm not coaching them anymore yeah they'll still say like you changed my life which yeah. is like one of the best feelings yeah no that's amazing and like stays with you and like you can make a meaningful impact on people yeah. um so now you're at Link Squares and you've been there for a year and a half only? Uh, yeah, I think so. I oh. think September will be too. Oh, yeah, September. Right, right, right. Um, However many months that is. So this is math. a laundry list of accolades, but I'm just going to go through this really quick because I don't want you to feel that good about yourself. <laughs> Closed a million dollars in ARR in a year, within a year, right? Or Pretty much. Yeah, like a year. A year and a couple months. but um, Coaches Award, President's Club, Rookie of the Year, skipped a promotion, manager in a little less than a year that's a lot of shit get that smile off your face (laughs) (laughs) well i technically didn't get the rookie of the year one but i got coach's award which was pretty cool i didn't expect that like at the company kickoff they're giving out awards what does it mean coaches uh basically like someone who came in and was always like a positive Mm -hmm. like you Uh, (laughs) who me (laughs) no they're like someone who's always a positive like you know uh in the office yeah someone who's i, I don't know 100 percent, yeah i don't, kind of forget but yeah they're like it was just a rain we just picked it out of a hat and we we're like yeah coaches <laughs> award whatever yeah, personality. Um, <laughs> no but super impressive you know journey there so far what would you say some of the keys you know to your success were um well i think it's a great question shit i was finally in an environment where i felt like I was making an impact and like I was important and mm-hmm. which like helped push me a little bit more. But I think just like my competitive nature, yeah. like they were, that, that definitely fueled you. Like, I don't know. I, I think I did see some success early on, like booking meetings and mm-hmm. then getting like the recognition. Once which you were top, I feel like you didn't want to, yeah. like you couldn't go below a certain bar. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think it was almost like a, like a cycle. <laughs> like, you know, I'd, I do well, get the recognition, that fueled me, so it made me want to work more, which, like, <laughs> is that healthy? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> dopamine, the truth. dopamine was going crazy. The dopamine was going wild, and I just needed more of it. <laughs> um, but it's the truth. I, th- yeah. I think that, like, you know, early on, I was booking a lot of meetings, and, like, it, it felt good to, like, have that achievement, like, mm-hmm. that feeling. So I just, like, yeah, that yeah, helped, yeah. like, just yeah. being competitive. The people. Yeah. I don't know. Working around a lot of great people, and, like, that inspired me to want to do better too yeah i feel like you felt like you fit in pretty early on yeah i think that was no that was definitely a really big thing it's like feeling like i i fit in and i was actually making an impact Mm -hmm. um because i need that like yeah for sure um so 
you know, obviously sales in general, just being in this industry, both of us last few years, we both know it can be a very <laughs> high pressure job um, mm-hmm. compared to like other jobs. Like, so with a, you know, high stress, high pressure environment, uh, do you find it difficult sometimes to prioritize your mental health? Uh, yeah, uh, I'd say it's pretty tough sometimes depending on, well, because it is one of those environments where like, unfortunately, it is the nature of the job in the yeah. sense that like there's the highs and lows of like mm-hmm. when things are going well, you feel great. When things aren't going well, like <laughs> yeah. you don't. And that happens more, more frequently than. Yeah. High like, highs and low lows is what I always say. Yeah. And it, like, you know, it could go from like having a really good week to a bad week. Whereas like maybe other jobs, it's like that's usually not happening in that short of a span of time, if that makes sense. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? It- Wait, like the highs and lows. Yeah, like I feel. I mean, I could. Yeah, be you wrong, can go through like, like a whole lifetime in a day. Like two amazing things can happen, and you can get shit on. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's like shrunk, so it's yeah. like constantly changing. Yeah. Um, it's hard to not like be fluct like you're fluctuating all the time. You try to like keep an even keel. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think if like it kind of goes back to like the scale thing. I think. Ooh. <laughs> being, Are you going full circle? I, I'm trying, okay. I might be. So, right. like, being aware, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you're kind of just, like, caught up in this environment and you're not aware of your emotions and how you're feeling, then, like, it can just go wild, if that makes sense. So, like, yeah, yeah even though it might be tough, like, it's, it is a hard thing and something that I have to continue to, like, work on. Like, mm-hmm. just as I do with the, you know, more weight loss, like, weight things like I still step on the scale and like go have those thoughts or like mm-hmm. still look in the mirror and have those thoughts like I constantly have to work on it just like the mental health and sales like you have to constantly be aware and work on it yeah um, it's like an on it's just an ongoing practice like it's a yeah what do you feel like is working and what do you feel like is not working when it comes to like preserving your mental health at work um well I think there's a couple things that can be done whether I am the best at doing them consistently or not is another question, but like I, I think yeah. I'm aware of the like the things that need to be done in order to like maintain a positive mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, like one of the biggest things I think is like having something to get excited about outside of work because if like you rely on yep. just like work to bring you excitement, mm-hmm. like then that's like a tough tough place to be in so I think just like having a goal or something outside of work to get excited about yeah that was kind of a realization for me too like at Linkscores I was just having trouble juggling you know my outside life and how I was feeling about stuff and I talked to Lang about it and he was like listen like you gotta have some goals like that are not Linkscores related and I was like what really (laughs) then it opened my eyes to like having goals that are just not work related kind of tying the like you need to be challenged, you need to grow, you need to get excited about things. I think mm-hmm. something about me is like having a goal. Actually, I feel like I don't even know where I'm going with this. To be honest, <laughs> I had it. I had shit. it before. I told you I had this. You now said you I had three it. things. Well, so setting goal outside of work. What were the other two bullets? Just came back to me. You ever hear of a study that Harvard? has been is still doing it's like the longest ongoing human study in human history mm-hmm. so basically it's a study on happiness oh, okay and long story short basically they have tracked these men throughout the past 80 90 years whatever it is mm-hmm. that could be you know so the question is like what is like the number one driver of happiness yes and they found that it's 
relationships mm. like that you have with other people you know that makes sense. basically like how strong are the relationships in your life mm-hmm. you know friends family whatever like right so i think yeah. that one having things outside of work to get excited about and look forward to mm-hmm. but also making sure that the relationships you have in like at work and outside of work are strong yeah because if you don't have that then like what know, is natural. it all for yeah. yeah yeah um so i think like those two things there was a third It'll it might, come back, it might come back to you at some point. I, but. <laughs> I had another note here about having been in sales for a few years that it seems like sales has a little bit more of a drinking culture. Just I, I don't know why. I think also sales is very social and like you're talking to people kind of just happens a lot. Like, has that had any effect on like your health? Uh, yeah, I'd say so in the sense that like. Yeah, I think it's it, yeah, like you said. I feel like maybe don't know where it started <laughs> when when this whole like that's what that environment does. But yeah, I'd say so because I think like sometimes it's natural or ends up becoming a habit of like a crutch. Yeah, of like oh, okay, I work all work mm-hmm. hard all week. Like I need you know uh, something to blow off the steam. Quote, unwind, you know? yeah, yeah, unwind, and like that's just like mm-hmm. one of the things that people naturally do. Yeah. In in our society. Yeah. Like it's so become it's become an, trying it's, to not become an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like it's almost become a norm. I did um I I've never done 75 hard but in I did like a dry January just for shits cuz like mm-hmm. I was just feeling it, you know. For me it actually like taught me a lot and the first thing it taught me is that we drink a lot. Like people in their mm-hmm. 20s drink a lot and it's like the the center point of our social structure and mm-hmm. You know, I was just finding that I had to say no a lot. And I, I don't love that because I'm such a big... Pe- I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm such it's a big tough. people pleaser. And so people are like, oh, like, you want to come over? I want to wind down after work. Like, grab a bottle of wine. And I was like, actually... And I, I felt bad, you know. But it's mm-hmm. also like, it, it just made me just more aware of like how it comes up so often. And that we kind of like, it. we revolve our social scene on it sometimes. Yeah. And, and like, even you just saying that makes me think about like the other thing which is like the having goals and stuff Mm because like when well when i was doing 75 hard part of it wasn't drinking but also the other part of it was like these physical goals that were tied to it and i knew that if i were drinking it would hold me back from the physical challenge if that makes sense that's a big reason why because people don't want to feel like shit the next day you know and like yeah i'm I'm right there with you where like i hate saying no i hate like letting people down i have that fomo because like peer pressure is kind of real not like it's not like peer pressure people being like you're a loser if you don't drink, but there's this like subconscious peer pressure, or, like indirect peer pressure of like you feeling bad mm-hmm. to not drink. When you did that dry January, you like had a lot of realizations, right? Like mm-hmm. something I realized when I was doing the dry January is like I I don't mind the going out partying drinking as much as I don't really like the casual drinking. Like it's always like the one or two beers here and there that kind of fuck you up and like drive up your your bill. Doesn't no feel right. Yeah, no, I agree. That's the stuff I don't like. That but, that like, made me realize I don't need that. Yeah, like, but like it becomes a habit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you kind of like you just mentioned it there about boundaries, but mm-hmm. going back to the stuff about uh, work and all and having you know a demanding job, how do you feel like people can um, who work that demanding job, you know, set better boundaries for themselves? Well, I think being in sales in general, no matter where you are, mm-hmm. is one of those environments that like. You know, you get out what you put in. So, like, it's yeah. very, like, work's never going to end. And yeah. I think for, I think realizing It's harder that, to set boundaries with sales, too. It is. It's just I think a, naturally, yeah. no, no matter where you are, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Just, like, getting more comfortable with saying no, I think That's is, true. like, the ultimate yeah. thing that, or the ultimate lesson, which, yeah. 
might be hard for a lot of people like us because we're people pleasers, <laughs> yeah. but it's something that like needs, it's a skill that needs to be learned. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like you're just never going to be able to set those boundaries. Yeah. With sales, you know, you could always respond to a Slack or an email mm-hmm. or stuff. Or you're sending calendar invites and stuff. Like, how, how do you manage that? I think because under- I feel like I'd be out here like sending like an 11 p.m. calendar invite. <laughs> uh, under- <laughs> I think understanding what is it's all like timing and situational. Unfortunately, like yeah, you gotta like something that Kevin taught me in Link Squares is like mm-hmm. you gotta be able to look at something and gauge the urgency of it. Like that's because yeah, for exactly. me, every time I looked at everything, I was like, this is urgent. Yeah. But it literally, there's like a hierarchy. Like some things are high priority. Like. Okay, let's schedule this pricing call. Okay, get down the books now. But if it's oh, like what's the, this package versus this package? It's like that. That's not going to close tomorrow. Can that be answered in the morning? Exactly. But like, you, you have to ask yourself that, right? Yeah. For for a long time, like I same mindset. I was like, okay, I need it, no matter what this is. <laughs> and, and even like they're like, what's your cat's name? It's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. No, but like even internal communications too. I think it's oh, natural true. to like yeah. want to respond quickly, especially because like yeah. you know, even when you get a text, like first thing you do is look at your phone, mm-hmm. like do it. But like, pri- like what's a priority? What's urgent? What's mm-hmm. kind of like, if I don't respond to this or if I don't do X, Y, and Z. Is it the end of the world? No. Mm-hmm. But like you yeah. have to ask yourself that question. I don't know if everyone would agree with this. Maybe it's an, an mm-hmm. unpopular opinion, but like something You want to that, give a hot take? Yeah, hot take. All right. Um, hot take alert. I think something that you know, you hear sometimes like the best ability is availability. Ooh. Like, you know, I I, I want to have people in my corner that Avail- like I can rely on. Ability. Uh, <laughs> av- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, well, you know what I mean though? Like if I need something, I want to have someone that I can count on. Yeah. But also, like, you know, there's the other side of it, too, mm-hmm. which is, like, you know, if I am if I say, like, I'm constantly available and, you know, I'm still doing work at, like, midnight, like, I don't know. There's the trade-offs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like something that helped me, and I'm, I feel like I'm going to implement this moving forward, is, like, since everyone in sales, their calendar is king, just, like, either mm-hmm. blocking out time in there, being, like, either, like, don't book this time, or I would... um put time on the calendar to like take walks or meditate or whatever it is just like something i just build, started to do too. yeah building and like i literally like every day like towards the end like when i was at link squares like every day i'd be like take a walk it was like 15 minutes on my calendar and i was like just do it like put it mm-hmm. in there or like if i had to leave to get home for an appointment i'd be like leave like yeah like leave the office <laughs> like just like reminding myself just to see something visually on my computer yeah me. and like exactly time blocking you ever hear uh, that analogy of I, I don't know if this is like from a book or podcast whatever it is but i actually heard it recently and it was a good reminder of like it's this guy whose job his job is a to chop wood mm-hmm. right and so like his mentor or whoever like taught him how to do it you know gave him the axe day one mm-hmm. chopping wood first day chopped down 20 trees mm-hmm. you know a week went by and he started, you know, his numbers started to go down. Mm-hmm. He would only chop like 15 a day. Mm-hmm. And then over time, like, you know, it was only 10 a day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's still putting in the same amount of work, if not more. But like, there's less results. Yeah. It's because he didn't take the time to sharpen his axe. Mm. So it's like, you need to prioritize. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Or, or setting those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Prioritizing your mental health. Because if you don't. Then oh, yeah. you're just going to be chopping yeah. with a you'll get burnt out axe. quicker, and yeah. then now which, you're chopping ten trees a day, which is just not fucking quota. Yeah, yeah. So I think like 
having those um, tools in your tool belt. Ah, tools, axe, get it? You got to have those tools in your tool belt in mm-hmm. order to like, you know, scale or, or yeah. continue to do this. Make it sustainable and make it a career long day. Yeah. So like, you know, if you don't, if in, in those things could be different for everyone, you know, for you, maybe it's time blocking and mm-hmm. going for a 15 minute walk. For someone else, it could be having a marathon to look forward to outside of work. For someone else, it could be making sure that, mm-hmm. you know, they maintain healthy relationships with their friends and family outside of work. It could be yeah. anything. But, like, you need to make sure that that's a priority. Otherwise, you, you might do well in the short term, but maybe not the long term. Yeah. No, that completely makes sense. Um, yes, yeah, so we got to wrap here. but And, and I hate to say things that... <laughs> Get the that, fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Please leave. It's almost 10 o'clock. <laughs> I'll keep no. going. No, I know. I got to get this guy out of here. But um, <laughs> no, I, I hate to say things that make you feel good about yourself. But I do want to say that you are an inspiration to a lot of people, both in a professional sense, but also, you know, with your weight loss journey. And, you know, I I relate to a lot of ways. And like, I feel like we're both openly vulnerable about struggles. And like, I really respect that because I think, A, it's accountability. And B, it people need to see that other side to humanity there's like all the highlights and vacations and engagements pregnancies all that shit that i really don't want to see any of but like there's another side to that coin the struggles that make those moments triumphant and you know i just i just think it's it's really inspirational to see like those highs and lows for you um but yeah, do you have any, uh, I guess, last words for, yeah. so for uh, people? Well, one, thank you. This is an amazing opportunity to like share some of my story, get vulnerable. And I think yeah. the reason why I enjoy doing it is mm-hmm. going back to what I was talking about earlier with like knowing there's someone else out there that could be going through what I'm going through. Like yep. ties into like what was my why behind doing the marathon. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of different reasons, but two things that got me through it when shit was tough mm-hmm. was one, you know, I have... Uh, I have two cousins that um, have a disease that, like, unfortunately, like, they progressively lost their mm-hmm. ability to walk and, like, their motor skills and stuff like that. And, like, it's something that's driven me through a lot of different things. Like, I used to, like, if my pain or if my legs were hurting and, like, I was in pain, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you know what? My cousin Joey wishes. Yeah. Do it for those be, that can't. Like, do it type. for those who can't. Like, yeah. that's one thing that got me through it. But the other thing that got me through it is, like, when I was running the marathon, and you're going to have to do a little visualization here. But, like, mm-hmm. I think it's a good exercise to do. What I did was, like, I was visualizing myself finishing the marathon. But then walking into, like, my room as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like a younger version of myself. This, you know, chubby mm-hmm. little PD who's, yeah. like, upset. Yeah. You know, maybe feels left out. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't belong. Yeah. He's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And I could probably cry just saying this, but like, no, it's like, but just being able to like walk into that room and tell my younger self, like, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like you are good enough. And someday you're going to run the Boston Marathon. Damn. Like that, like, I know there are other people out there that are going through like tough times. And like, I've Mm -hmm. been there and like, I want to share this because I want that younger version of someone else to hear that. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I hope that like me being vulnerable yeah can get someone through it like i did for myself so yeah and also like it's one of those things where it's like you kind of wish you could have heard something like that like you know like you're kind of the voice you wanted to hear exactly at one point and i feel like that's also why i started this podcast because i feel like a lot of the stuff that we're talking about like could be like we're trying to normalize it um you are good enough yeah (laughs) am i good enough (laughs) no i'm just saying like you know for anyone out there that like yeah 
maybe they don't realize it and they're subconsciously feeling like they're yeah. not good enough like you are you are good enough and you're perfectly imperfect and like just like everything me and Petey have talked about we're not perfect human beings we've gone through our ups and downs and we're still going through our ups <laughs> and downs and like that's fucking okay it's an ongoing journey right yeah that's gonna be my tagline for mentally that's fucking okay you're <laughs> fucking cool let's make some t-shirts yeah I'll rock those. <laughs> <laughs> once again thank you guys so much for tuning into the third episode of the mentally chill just a few updates um we are on facebook officially so like and follow us there um also on instagram the underscore mentally chill follow us on socials for weekly updates and when we release new episodes and don't forget to share with a friend. I mean, we're just trying to normalize the highs and lows of life, and uh, it'll help the cause if you share this to someone you think it'll resonate with. Also, I just want to say I really appreciate and love you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you've listened to just this episode, welcome. If this is the, your third episode, I love you. <laughs> I mean it. Um, and uh, stay tuned for the next one, guys.